the human voice was the original media channel. We've always been able to sit and talk and tell stories. And that's the power of podcasting is just going back to that really intuitive, natural experience of talking and listening. Anybody can be a podcaster. Anybody can be a creator. And I think there's a real power there and using the power of a democratized experience. The barrier to entry is so low for creators and also poses a challenge for brands. What should your creative be in audible environments? Because that's a whole nother challenge that I think if brands don't do correctly, opens up the opportunity to make this space uh, potentially cluttered and, and not not as nice to hear as as it could be. And I think that's something that we are very excited about working on with our clients today is creating better sonic experiences for consumers. Today I'm joined by RFL Buzan and Rachel Lowenstein from Mindshare, a global media and marketing services company created in 1997. Welcome to the Sound and Marketing Podcast. RFL co-lead the Neural Lab at Mindshare comes to Mindshare by way of global consumer neuroscience consultancy, NeuroInsight, where she analyzed brain response to various types of advertising and brand messaging. Prior to that, she worked in behavioral neuroscience research at the Johns Hopkins Medical Institute, where she researched music cognition and memory. At Mindshare, she co-founded the NeuroLab, an in-house consumer neuroscience practice that leverages EEG, GSR, and implicit bias testing to measure subconscious consumer response to media. Rachel, partner and associate director on Invention Plus, Mindshare's division dedicated to media innovation, leads innovation for Chanel, Museum of Modern Art, Unilever's hair portfolio, and other brands across North America. She's constantly leveraging new ways for brands to reach consumers, be it through AI, AR, VR, audio, voice technology, and more. As part of that, she serves as the agency lead for audio and voice. Welcome, ladies. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having us. So um, I kind of stumbled upon you a little bit ago, and then I stumbled on you again um, uh, concerning the Media Dystopia series that you have. But for the audience, can you kind of explain what Mindshare does? Because it's a little bit different than just a media agency. Yeah, so, uh, you know, Mindshare's core proposition is that we are a, a global media planning and buying agency. Uh, but with the increased ways that the world is changing, you know, clients are uh, bringing media in-house, um, you know, con the conversation around creative is changing, how we view and listen to media is constantly changing. Uh, we are much more than just a media agency, uh, and we do a lot of innovative work around specifically with Arafel and me around the world of sound and how we can create better experiences with consumers using sounds both in the media that we place but also uh, in brands owned channels and owned experiences potentially even outside the media. Um, I think that the way that you guys approach it is so much better. You're, you're not just creating an experience but you're actually going into the mind and like figuring out how the mind uh, responds to what they're seeing and what they're hearing. And I really think that the whole idea of sound and marketing is very, um, you know, neural, very philosophical. Is it philosophical is the right word. Um, 
<laughs> there's more to it, basically what I'm saying. Um, so it's more than just like picking a song that you like or the president likes or even the audience that you think is listening likes. There's more to it because if it's not representing you, it's still doing you a disservice. Um, so I wanted to talk about specifically the media dystopia series that you have going on. Um, specifically, you had an episode in season two called Sound as the Savior. And around two minutes and 20 seconds is where I really got interested and how you kind of broke it down where we've got this addiction to the visual stimula stimulation that we have through like smartphones and um, you know, computer screens and all of that. And you kind of approached it as sound was a relief from that, where people were like trying to escape from uh, or have a screen avoidance of sorts. Can you kind of explain to us how you came about putting that episode together and what it means to you? Yeah, I think it, it would be helpful to take a step back first and kind of explain the positioning of media dystopia because it's it's certainly a unique uh, thought piece that we created at Mindshare. And, you know, the purpose of it is to look at what the future of media could like, look like through a series of provocations. And we make this distinct note that we make provocations, not predictions, because if you've, you know, you've clearly watched the Media Dystopia series, we create very hyperbolic views of what the future could potentially be with media. Um, and we take a very extreme view, and all of that is inspired by Netflix's uh, series Black Mirror, um, where they take things that are happening in culture and technology and play them out to, you know, oftentimes terrifying conclusions. Um, we do the same thing through the lens of media and marketing. And with the Sound as a Savior episode in particular, you know, thinking about this hyperbolic view of the future of how sound could be so powerful, it really struck with me that sound is a largely screenless experience in many ways. You know, obviously we have video and other um, other audible interactions with consumers where screens still have a place and that's not going to go anywhere. But in thinking about how sound could potentially make media better, it it struck with me that the way the reason why I as a consumer love audio so much is because of it gets me away from my screen and it frees me from being tethered to my phone or being tethered to my computer and allows me to enjoy the real world a little bit. Uh, and, you know, Eric all can talk in depth about some of the work that we've done about or around um, emotional connections with people and audio, which, you know, helped inspire some of the, the media dystopia work. But I think, you know, largely, if you think about sound as a format, it does save people a little bit from tech addiction because you're opting in to listen to something and you're giving a little bit of your time and a little bit of your brain, but all of that is in an opt-in way. I like also that you kind of broke it down um, talking about how storytelling has the main power and that's kind of where storytelling started was, you know, through voice and everything. Uh, I thought that that was a really cool uh, connection that you made. And I, I think it's true. I think that we've gone completely overboard with the way that we absorb uh, visual, visual stimulation of all kinds. I think it's just too much. And I do feel like after watching that episode, I was like, I do feel like that when I step away and I'm just like listening in my headphones um, or even just going outside and listening to whatever I hear, it's a relief, you know, uh, I, I have my smartphone, but I don't really want my smartphone. <laughs> it, it just, it 
steps me away from society just that much more. Um, so yeah, I thought that that was pretty cool. Uh, and also the idea of premium storytelling for free, which I'm sure in years to come will change. Um, it gives yeah. it just that much more of a reason for people to tune in because we've got all of this visual stimulation that costs money. <laughs> you know, we've got all of our Hulu and Netflix and all the streaming services. Um, just everything is, it adds up. And so for the idea of like releasing from the visual stimulation and it's for free, it's it's very, very easy to do. <laughs> Right. Yeah. I think, you know, it's, it's a format that has the potential to be incredibly premium, but to, you know, the point that we make in media dystopia is that the human voice was the original media channel. We've always been able to sit and talk and tell stories. And that's the power of podcasting is just going back to that really intuitive, natural experience of talking and listening. And of course, there's a high production value to really beautiful soundscapes and really beautiful brand stories that live in the world of sound. Um, but it's also an experience that, you know, anybody can be a podcaster, anybody can be a creator. And I think there's a real power there in using the power of a democratized experience because it is so, uh, the, the barrier to entry is so low for creators and also poses a challenge for brands, which is something that Arafel and I are actively working on now is what should your creative be in audible environments? Because that's a whole nother challenge that I think if brands don't do correctly, uh, opens up the opportunity to make this space uh, potentially cluttered and, and not, not as nice to hear as, as it could be. And I think that's something that we are very excited about working on with our clients today is creating better sonic experiences for consumers. Also, um, you know, there, there might be a lot of brands that get really excited about the idea of sound marketing and so they just want to be all in and it may not apply to them or they may like take a direction that's not correct for their brand so it's really important to step back and see you know what do you sound like what should you sound like um what elements should you not worry about right now yeah i think i think every brand has should have a sound strategy and every brand should be thinking about what they stand for in audible environments and that doesn't necessarily mean go out and create a sonic logo tomorrow, but it does mean that you should be thinking about your sound experiences as much as your visual ones. And I think that brands should be thinking about what their sonic branding should be, but I think at least giving it the consideration that we give visuals or have given visuals for the last 80 years is uh, important for brands entering, entering this new space. Um, and Arafel can talk a little bit about some of the neuro work that we've done to help prove the power of audio. The NeuroLab launched a report uh, over the summer that aimed specifically at this. The, the idea was we as an industry have become obsessed with uh, sight, sound, and motion. These three key things in creative and in media in order to tell brand stories. And the issue is um, most people are really engaging with one uh, sense when they're engaging with media these days. So you're either just looking and watching maybe a muted video on social media, or you're just listening. So what we wanted to do was to deconstruct the relative power of the senses to tell stories. So we took uh, nine ads across three different categories and had one group come in and just hear the ad. So just hear the audio from that story. Another group came in and they just saw the story. So it was a muted video. We then had a control group where they got the full experience. 
the really interesting thing that we started to see very quickly was it really was the audio that was driving emotion. Uh, just audio only stories were encoded with 20% higher emotional intensity than the same story told just in visuals. Um, and there were some really interesting reasons for that. Uh, we've done a couple different studies at this point that have shown uh, that people are, are really willing to be directly spoken to in audio. Uh, for example, of all of the positive emotion peaks we had in that study, 20% of them occurred just on the word you alone. So we're listening uh, truly like we're having conversations. Humans really like uh, either listening to other people's conversations or participating in those conversations themselves. And because of that, when we're just listening to audio, we're having these real uh, emotional experiences. Um, another interesting caveat to that is we, we kind of think we, we cracked why that's happening and, and that has a lot to do with uh, the self-visualization properties of the audio experience. Uh, we tested a couple different ads that had to do with love. We were testing this right before Mother's Day. And the fascinating thing was we saw the greatest uh, statistical significant difference in any of our data was when we looked at the love ads for just audio and just visual. The just audio love ads were encoded with 40% higher emotional intensity, mm. which is a massive number in neurodata mm. and just in general. Um, but the reason for that is when we listen to love stories, uh, we have to cast them ourselves. So those love stories become our love stories. They become our husband, our wife, our daughter, our mother, or they become our daydreams. And we think audio has this incredible power to not only tap into our memories, but also tap into our imagination in a way that when you have visual cues, uh, isn't always translated to that extent of personalization. I love classic novels. And so if there's a movie coming out that's based off of it, I want to read the book first, because I know that I'm going to get more out of that book. And so when I see the visual, it's great and everything, but I can't even think of a single movie that moved me more um, as a movie rather than a book because you can get into your own head. And I feel like there's an element of that to a story being told by sound because you're you're kind of delving into the same, I don't know, you guys would know, but I would feel like it's delving into the same um cognitiveness <laughs> of your brain when you're hearing a spoken spoken story your brain is going somewhere the same way as if you're reading a book to yourself your brain is going somewhere and it's going to go specifically to you it's not going to be for like the general masses so like a horror book is 10 times 10 times more scary to me than if I'm watching uh, a horror movie yeah, yeah, no, that's that's exactly it. That's exactly true. Uh, we actually did a, a study that confirmed that and feel strongly that the podcast to TV show transition is the next uh, kind of modern interpretation of the the book to, to movie disappointment. Um, we tested a very, very famous podcast series that was translated into a TV show. And the fascinating thing we found was not only was it a more emotionally complex story in the podcast, so it had greater greater number of changes of emotion, higher highs, lower lows, all that really good, rich emotional stuff that humans just absolutely live for. Um, but there was also greater connection to the characters and greater empathy. Uh, so a couple of the characters in the podcast were were truly unlikable individuals. They they were spoiled and all of this terrible stuff. And um, what was really interesting was in audio they were actually. In 
encoded slightly more positive when they when than when they were in uh, the TV show. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that was people were saying, you know what, I really started to think of myself if I were in that position, I could kind of see why they were doing what they were doing. Um, so not only is it strong for visualization and it's strong for personalization, uh, audio also makes us more empathetic. Um, so it's really unlocking all of those different facets of what humanity really is. Mm -hmm. It's our swings of emotion, our ability to, to feel things so connected even when they aren't our stories, but it's also our ability to feel empathy. What would you say are the biggest audio trends driving this innovation and creativity? Because, I mean, we're talking about podcasts, but what else have you, what else have you seen? What else have you surveyed? I think just largely from a media standpoint, I think it's a, an interesting I think it's an interesting anecdote to consider is that because everything from a hardware standpoint is becoming voice enabled, right? Like the amount of voice enabled devices at CES every year uh, compounds mm -hmm. immensely. And that's creating new opportunities for people to listen, right? If, you're, if your fridge is connected to Alexa and you can say, Alexa, what's the news? You immediately get an audible experience. Um, and then obviously just the, the hardware, this, the actual hardware of um, Amazon Alexas and Googles and um, being able to get anything on demand simply by asking for it. I think that's just an interesting growth trend is the uh, increase in hardware becoming voice enabled to create mechanisms to listen. Um, you know, I think podcasting is something that hasn't, it's not new, right? It's a, a medium that's over a decade old. It's just becoming more sophisticated. Um, but I think also thinking about longer, longer experiences to engage with uh, people, both in podcasting and uh, in, in channels like audiobooks or podcasts that create that deeper connection um, in, in those different content formats. How would you say that um, sound would drive the culture of a company? So would would a sound investment in your marketing, would that stick you more in your consumer's brain than uh, a visual? Or is there is there any way to prove or disprove that? Yeah, actually, that's a lot of the work that Arafel and I are doing right now uh, with, with a consultancy that we've created all around brand sounds, and that's rooted in uh, principles of neuromusicology, so how we actually create sounds to inform um, the cognitive connection people have to brands. And I think a lot of that lives in what you're saying, which is company culture and internal experiences, owned experiences. You know, if it's a, a car brand, what is the sound inside the car? Uh, car companies spend a lot of money to create that exact perfect sound to communicate mm -hmm. uh, what their brand stands for, even outside of paid media. Um, someone like Apple has done an incredible job, even outside, again, of the world of paid media, of instilling that their brand stands for forward innovation, technology, just with the sounds of their products, right? You can instantly recognize the sound of an Apple computer turning on. You know the sounds that you get uh, with a ping on your iPhone. And all that is done by design, and it's been done by design to communicate what those brands stand for. And there's immense power in that. And, and to build on that a little bit, um, Having a an audible branded moment, so a sonic idea, a sonic mnemonic, a jingle, uh, it really is the easiest thing you can do to 
increase memory encoding during branding. Um, and the reason for that is all of what we were just talking about. It's the idea that sound has been this incredibly important thing throughout human evolution. Because of that, we subconsciously over-index attention to sound. But what's more than that is we over-index attention to music. And these sonic IDs and these sonic mnemonics are often going to be a repeated tonal pattern that is the exact same thing as music. So it really is something that consumers are are giving more subconscious memory and attention to. Um, and it's the easiest thing you can do in order to, to guarantee that that branding moment is going to be a little bit more, uh, more encoded into consumer memory. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of Sound and Marketing. Check back next week for part two of my interview with Rachel and Arafel at Mindshare. You can also follow and subscribe to the Sound and Marketing Podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, iHeartRadio, Pandora, and Stitcher. And don't forget to enter promo code SOUNDINMARKETING for your one-month free trial of Stitcher Premium. The link and promo code will be listed in the show notes of this episode. To get a hold of Rachel or RFL, you can find them at mindshareworld.com. Their email addresses are also listed in the show notes. For inquiries on producing and developing your own podcast or for inquiries on sonic branding and sonic branding consultation availabilities, you can find me at Dreamer Productions. That's D-R-E-A-M-R productions.com, LinkedIn, and Facebook. You can also email me at Gina, J-E-A-N-N-A, at dreamerproductions.com. All links will be provided in the show notes. This episode was produced by Dreamer Productions and hosted, written, and edited by me, Gina Isham. Let's make this world of sound more intriguing, more unique, and more and more on brand.